Welcome to Menopause Morph, your time to change. We're here to help you thrive through your menopause, bringing you experts in many fields to help you from perimenopause to menopause and beyond to become the strong, vibrant woman nature intended you to be. Hosted by Pauline McCarthy of the Pearls of Pauline. Pearls of wisdom, compassion, and joy. Hello, welcome to this week's Menopause Morph, your time to change. Today, finally, we have, I say finally because we've promised her on many weeks ago, but finally she is here, yes, drum roll, Tristan Elizabeth Gribben. Tristan is the creator and CEO of Flow and is passionate about helping bring meditation to the world. She has been practicing meditation in serious earnest since the year 2000 and is a recognized meditation teacher today. Tristan grew up in Palo Alto, California, and graduated from the University of California at Santa Cruz with a BA in theater arts. She worked for over 10 years as an actress in theater, television, and films, mainly in Ireland and Iceland until 2004. Since then, she has been on a path of transformation with a strong emphasis on meditation and deep spiritual work. She is an expert in modern-day meditation, and in breakthrough breathwork technique. Tristan is an experienced entrepreneur and has extensive network of contacts and co-workers. She founded an organic clothing line called SUST, S-U-S-T, in 2008. Besides her family, meditation and spirituality, she is passionate about health, the environment, nature, organics and sustainability. So, welcome Tristan. Thank you so much, Pauline. I'm glad to finally be here with you. <laughs> I think because we both live in Iceland and it, normally it's difficult getting hold of somebody on the other side of the world, but I think it's been the most difficult getting hold of somebody that lives just like 40 kilometers away from me. <laughs> I've been in a flow, a flow. Tristan is an expert on meditation and she's doing this. She has this new company called Flow, which is working with a company called CCP. They're making one of these virtual reality things but it's a meditation thing and it's like I think it's the first time ever there's been a virtual reality meditation technique thingy bobby it's one of the first there are a few others I'm actually teaching meditation at CCP to a bunch of you know genius programmers but I'm actually building the flow virtual reality app with some other programmers but it's such an adventure it is such an adventure it's combining cutting-edge technology virtual reality with cutting edge progressive modern meditation tools, which I am trained in. We are creating something new. So there are a few guided meditation apps in the virtual reality uh, world, which is new frontier, but there are a few and none of them are doing what we're doing, which is uh, super exciting because we're bringing, as I said, like some more, I say like progressive cutting edge meditation tools to this arena. Will it be binaural beats? Yeah, we're going to use the power of music, binaural beats, sounds of nature. Sound will be a powerful aspect of what we do, as well as stunning visuals of nature. And Icelandic nature. Icelandic nature and guided meditation with breath and, and you know breath work and other types of tools that are very effective for us modern people who are living in stressful times exactly what we need and especially menopausal women we go through a lot of stress yes sometimes. we do we do we do oh now and again now and again so could you tell us um, a little bit about your own menopausal experiences yeah well I 
Okay, so I'm 49. I'm turning 50 in August, August 15th. It's a big chapter, turning the chapter. I feel like I'm ready to go there and be free of my period. I've been feeling menopausal or pre-menopausal since my 40s, like since 40, really. I've had a lot of mood swings. I've had a lot of like dramatic mood swings. And I've had a lot of um, energy roller coasters up and down. And I've had a lot of heavy periods, like crazy heavy periods. Like I'm, at one point, five years ago, I thought maybe I should go to the hospital because it was like a gush of blood that was so much that nothing could stop it. And it was like my whole pants were just like blood everywhere. It, like no matter what, it just was unstoppable. So I'm kind of ready to be done with it. And um, I'm the kind of person that I kind of shy away from intervention like medicines or anything artificial unless it's absolutely necessary. So I haven't tried any hormone replacement or anything like that. And from what I hear, it's really important if you do do that, that you have to have everything really natural. I've, you know, I've tried some natural form of progesterone, but and nothing consistent. And I've just decided to embrace what's happening. Like, let me just go through this and be done with having my period, be done with my fertility phase. I mean, I've had three lovely daughters. I've got enough to do. I'm not having any more babies at 49. So it's really fine. And I'm really pleased. I'm happy about it. I'm happy to say goodbye to my period. <laughs> I'm really okay with it. Yeah. So I'm just in this mode right now of just accepting. Have you ever experienced mood swings? Yeah, major. I've had major, major mood swings. And, and do you use your meditation to help you with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Meditation saves me again and again, because sometimes the mood swings are because of there's intensity of what's going on in my life. And sometimes it is a physical thing. But in either case, it's always helpful to just stop. And, and instead of the moods, you know, controlling you and, you know, allowing myself to act like letting my personality flare up and be irritated or angry or, or whatever else could be, which of course happens. I'm a human being like everybody. I mean, we all have that, right? Meditation is that moment where you stop and you feel everything because you can't help it when you actually just allow yourself to stop and take a moment and just slow down and be, be in your skin, be in your body, be in the moment. And then all of a sudden, maybe there's some tears or, or maybe there's some frustration to be released in, or there's feelings to feel and that's okay. You know, we're human and it's good to allow the feelings instead of trying to pretend everything's fine all the time, running around, busy, 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 doing, 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 and not stopping to feel what really is going on under the surface. So meditation allows for that and allows for the feelings to then kind of wash through you. And then you can kind of come to a, a better place where you can have more control have more perspective, have more connection, more depth, you know, connection to your heart, be more self-accepting because we're so hard on ourselves. It's unbelievable. I mean, how about feeling bad and then feeling bad about feeling bad and then feeling bad about feeling bad about feeling bad or, or worrying and we're worrying about worrying or worrying about worrying about worrying. And then the end of the you know, cycle goes like that. So meditation allows you to stop that cycle and then, you know, have more compassion for ourselves and for others. And what kind of meditation exercises do you do? Do you do them daily, multiple times a day, or how does it work? Yeah, the kind of meditation tools I use are really handy because you could use them at any moment. So even right when I'm talking to you, I could take a second to just 
take a deep breath and feel more heart-centered just by allowing my breath to increase. You know, like simple tools like that. You can use at any moment. Or like when I'm going to bed at night, you know, I could breathe and set an intention for myself, have a focus, say some sort of a internal prayer or intention. These are wonderful tools. Or if I'm swimming in the swimming pool, you know, instead of just mindlessly distracted, I could be using a, a mantra or again, having an intention. Sometimes I use this mantra that I made up for myself and I encourage people to do that. Make up your own mantra. Find a word or two words or three words or four words that you can just repeat to yourself. And by doing that, you start to draw the, that energy, that essence of the quality of that word to you, or you access that because it comes from within and you, also you sort of open up to it more. So I, I say to myself, for example, sometimes calm, centered, focused, grounded, calm, centered, focused, grounded, because sometimes those qualities elude me. Well, while you're swimming. Yeah, while I'm swimming. To the breaststroke. <laughs> yeah, to, to the breaststroke. <laughs> while I'm breathing. I'm saying that to myself, calm, centered, focused, grounded, because it's, and I start to feel more that way, because those are the qualities that I need to develop within myself. I'm a bit of a butterfly, and I like to be very active and busy, very social, and those qualities are the things that I'm cultivating. When you use the word mantra, sometimes when we talk about meditation and mantras, it kind of freaks some people out, you know, that yeah. if they're, they're very religious and they think, oh no, this is a, like a cult or, or it's another religion. Yeah. But it's not really a, a religious practice, is it? No, it's not because, I mean, it's personal. So the word mantra, yeah, it probably comes from India. I need to look up the source. What you could say instead of mantras, you could just say having a focus or having an intention or connecting to it. What is it you are desiring personally to attain, to gain for yourself? What do you want to have more of for yourself? What would make a difference to you? So that's beyond all religion. I mean, I mean, everyone, I think when it comes down to it, boils down, if you take all the religions and you gather them together, the essence of everything, if you boil it way down to the core, is that every single human being, really, what matters most is love. Exactly. Or some would say God's love, but to some people, God exists or is an issue. You know, it's just the core, like the, the, the love you feel that's in your heart. But basically meditation then, it would be, it's a technique just to be more in the now, centered, thinking about what you're doing instead of just being like a mindless automaton, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So instead of letting the thoughts of the mind or the, the worries or the, the stress or the busyness, instead of letting that run you like a computer, you know, you, your operating system or whatever is running on certain programs that are not working for you anymore, you got to kind of like reboot, reset and become more whole, become more aware, become more centered, become more loving or compassionate, or, you know, whatever it is. For People are seeking different things in meditation. Some people are seeking illumination or enlightenment or creativity or, you know, it's so individual. Some people are seeking a spiritual connection yeah. to God. Everyone has their personal relationship to God. I grew up without religion. My mom was a wonderful person, but she just wasn't attracted to any particular church. And I had a lot of spiritual desire as a child. I read a lot of, I read a whole stack of books on Zen and Buddhism. And as a child, I read Bible stories and I was so hungry for spiritual truth. But as a family and as a practice, we never had anything regular. But I had a lot of experiences that I had as a child that were um, 
really striking. And they didn't come from someone telling me what God is or what's supposed to be or a particular form because I had a lot of longing in my heart for a greater connection. Yeah, sometimes I was, I don't know, I was, I was, I was like crying for it in a way in my heart, that, that sort of deeper connection. We all need spiritual food. It doesn't matter what religion. We need physical food and spiritual food. Absolutely. So when I went into a church, I would sometimes I'd be like, oh, I actually, at one point, I wanted to become a Catholic. I never followed through with it. But I, I had that feeling like, oh, I, maybe I, this is what I need to do, you know, because I want this connection with God and with Lord Jesus, you know, because I had read the Bible stories and I was like, I had a love affair with the idea. What I felt as a child, I think as children, we have this connection. My dad said, we're all born Buddhas. Yes. I mean, if you look at all the different religions, like all the spiritual teachers, they all had time meditating, didn't they? Like Jesus went out into the desert for 40 days to meditate. Exactly. We need to get in touch with ourselves. <laughs> we need to get in touch with ourselves and our, and our spiritual connection. And some people maybe don't want to think about a spiritual connection. Yeah. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what you think about it. It's just a concept. And then when you actually have the experience of meditation is what matters. So you started a company called Flow. How old were you when you started that? I founded the company in June 2016. So it's one year ago that the company was actually established with a Kenatala, a registered number. And so you were 48 then? Yeah. So like myself, I think I was about, I must have been about the same age when I started my Iceland Treasures company. So what's it like to be an entrepreneur at this stage of your life? And Tell us more about flow. Okay. Well, flow. yeah, go with the flow. I feel like at this stage, there is a transition happening. You know, I'm still, of course, a mom. I'm still busy with that. But there is this sort of, it's a phase of life where you want to start to focus your energies and put it into something that really matters to you. And I don't want to be wasting any more time on anything that doesn't really, really matter. So it's, it's really been amazing to decide, okay, this is what my life is about. And this is, this is my mission. This is, this is it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to build this business. It's a huge commitment. It's kind of feels like giving birth, right? I'm giving birth to an entity, which is a company and to a new sense of myself, which is a, as an entrepreneur, CEO, leader, meditation teacher on a new level. And so it's a, it's a kind of like, I feel like I'm getting, there's a pressure and there's a, there's a movement and there's a transformation happening, which is kind of like a birth. And then, but I'm kind of giving birth to myself and this company, which is, you know, is having, having in a way has a life of its own. So it's exciting and it's sometimes terrifying and sometimes ecstatic and just inspiring. And it's a lot. It's, it's everything. I'm really grateful to be doing it at this phase. I think at this phase in life, again, like, I feel more in touch with my mortality at this stage. I've lost all three of my parents at this point, which is kind of young for, for some people. Most people haven't lost their parents at this age, but I have. That had a huge impact on me. And it made me get really more serious about my time, the time I have left. I think every day we live is a, a day less that we have on the earth. Today I was listening to the radio and there were so many singers that had died. Remember last year, 2016, a lot of famous singers. I think Michael Jackson died a few years before that. It was Michael Jackson and David Bowie and, and George Michael. And I was getting like kind of freaking out a wee bit like, like whoa, you know, like, okay, David Bowie was like, I think he was in his 70s or in almost 80s, something like that. But the other two were about our age. The early 70s. And it makes you think, yeah, of course, we know that life is terminal, right? 
you know, the day we're born, it's we're on the road to the terminal end. But you tend to forget about it. Do you know what I mean? You tend to just get caught up in everyday things. Of course, it would be terrible if we were all the time just thinking, oh, I'm going to die, I'm going to die. But we forget about it. And then when something like that happens or like a, you know, a loved one dies, as you say, it reminds us like, eh, wait a minute, I only have a certain amount of time on this earth. And like yourself, I want to do something that can help improve the world. That's why I do this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I think it's great. I think it's great that you're doing this. I think it's wonderful because sometimes as a woman going through this phase, you feel quite alone. And there's nothing really much out there in the media about how it really feels and what you go through and to have uh, sounding boards and have each other, bring the women together, talk about this stuff openly. It's a great thing you're doing. What you were talking about, about your children have grown up, basically mine as well. And most menopausal women who have have children, not everybody does have children, but the ones who do, yeah. we have spent so many years taking care of them and putting them first. So that when we have like, you know, the empty nest syndrome, I have actually just gone into it for the first time last week. Fully blown empty nest syndrome last week. Wow. My oldest went off to pilot school, would you believe? Wow, congratulations. That's cool. He was back and forth for some years, but now that's it. That's it final. And it's, I had a speaker on one of them, the very first speakers in the 2015. And she said, she went into her son's room and went, oh, my son's gone to university and now he's gone. And then she went, I'm going to change it into an office. <laughs> exactly. You got it. I mean, it's amazing. So what we're doing, my son's had the whole basement. We are now changing the whole basement into an apartment and we're going to rent it out. Fantastic. It's a new... Then I don't have to clean it. New chapter. <laughs> the new chapter. But also it's like a lot of women, when that happens, they think, what, what will I do now? I've spent all this cooking and cleaning for these kids and even though maybe they're not so young kids in their 20s, even 30s, but finally, it's like you have all this time on your hands and what do you want to do with it? Do you want to just sit in front of the TV or do you want to go on holidays or do you want to do make, like you said, give birth to a new baby, which could be your business or it doesn't have to be a career. It could be a project like I know one woman and she started to work with the homeless yeah. because she felt she had so much love to give and, yeah. and she, she could help. So it doesn't have to be a business, but we have to find our path. Yeah, a purpose. So your purpose is flow. So what do you actually do in flow? So in flow, it's a combination of things. So one thing that I do, what I love to do, are teach workshops, like corporate workshops. And I've got, I've had a couple of them now, CCP, Colibri, Ulgeden, and I'm going to be doing more of that, more corporate workshops for big companies. I'm excited. So another thing that we do is we're creating an app, which is involves virtual reality. I brought this to show you, so... This is like the people on the podcast can't see it, but eventually they'll see it on video. But yeah, you, you can just describe it while you hold it up. So imagine that you in your smartphone, you could open up a virtual reality app and then you could put your smartphone into what's called gear, virtual reality, VR gear. It's, it's a headset. It's a headset. Yeah. Either yeah. cardboard or Samsung gear or Oculus or there's different ways you can use virtual reality. So depending on whatever access you're using, there's different platforms. You are able to access a meditation, meditation experiences, which are developed out of the flow method. So flow is a method I came up with a year ago in the startup Reykjavik Accelerator program. And that's like a six mode meditation method, which you can meditate. You can use any time, day or night, 
no matter what you're doing, you can, you can just by having some simple tools from one of these six modes, you can turn any moment into a moment of meditation. So the six modes are breath or breathe, focus, move, movement, let go, calm, and rest or sleep. Those six modes cover, I think, practically every meditation tool that you could ever find. Okay. And could you give us a small example now? Take our readers through a small meditation? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. So before we could do that, then we have to remind everybody that if you're listening to this while you're driving, please stop it now because, you know, you might meditate and drive off the road or whatever. Yeah. Or you're on a cycle or something like that. Just stop it now and then listen to the rest when you get home. That's a good idea. So I'll let you begin. Okay. Thank you, Pauline. Okay, now we're going to have a moment to meditate. Just a brief meditation that will help you to connect within yourself. And you can access a quality, something that you're seeking in your meditation. So if there were something that you could gain in this brief meditation, a quality that you would like to find, it could be calm, clarity, peace, joy, energy, courage, inner strength, any of these types of qualities, something that is specifically important to you at this time in your life, at this moment. So just yeah, find a word or a couple of words, a few words that express your heart's desire, what you'd like to find in this meditation. And as you repeat those words to yourself in your mind, take a deep, full breath. And you want to breathe from your belly to the top of your lungs, filling your lungs in every direction, the front, the back, the sides. Continue to take deep breaths. On the inhale, making an effort to really fill your lungs, stretching open your breath. And on the exhale, just relaxing and letting go of any effort or any tension in your body. Again, breathe in. Breathe in with strength and determination. Opening up your breath. You might want to stretch your arms and really open up your rib cage on the sides. Stretch a bit. Opening up your breath and on the exhale, letting your arms come down. And now I'm going to introduce a movement that you could use anytime when you're maybe before bed or when you wake up in the morning, you put your hands together in front of your heart. And as you breathe in, you inhale, you stretch up, up, up. And you think of that word or words, those qualities you're seeking. Stretching open the lungs and on the exhale, bring the hands back down to your heart. Let's just do this together a few times now. Hands together in front of your chest. Stretching up. Opening up your breath. Reaching for that quality. And as you exhale, it's like you're pulling it down. And bringing it in to your heart. 
One more time, deep breath in, stretching up, opening the breath, opening up your heart, the area around your heart, and exhaling. And letting that quality sink in deeper in your heart. Okay. A brief meditation. We did it. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, now I want to know, Pauline, what were your words? Or what was your word? My word was come, become. Because today I've got this VAT and it's always a stress. I'm always stressed out about it. I was telling my son about it last night and he went, again, Mama? He says, you always promised to keep up the paperwork so that you wouldn't have this stress for the souvenir candy company. And then I'm doing the podcast and then I yeah. also do a lot of charity work and I do concerts and... I run the Foreigners Association and it's like, yeah, uh, yes. And this last week, I'm not kidding, yeah. I have been working 18 hours a day. OMG. And falling into bed. In fact, there was one night I couldn't even climb the stairs. I was so tired. I just slept on the sofa for a couple of yeah. hours and then woke up and I had the energy to climb the stairs. See, that's our busy lives and we make ourselves so busy. We're driven to make ourselves busy. I do the same thing. I'm so busy. Yeah. And then taking the time for meditation sometimes seems like the last thing you can do. But it's actually the, if you can do it, if you just make that moment, just taking a deep breath, just stretching, opening up your breath, getting a focus. Like what is, what is that quality you want to find? Oh, calm. I want to be calm. Or I want to, be, I want to feel centered. I don't know. Sometimes for me it's to be centered, more centered, more grounded. In the beginning when you were doing it, it looked like I wasn't taking part. I was taking part in my mind, but I'm like, just now I've got my hand around the microphone. Okay. Because my computer is having a hot flash. Oh. And the, and the fan in the background, it makes a sort of fuzzy noise in the recording. So I was trying to say, because it, during the meditation, I wanted to be as quiet as possible. That's so good. <laughs> and there's always something that comes up no, in life, isn't it? Always. And I think if we get stressed out over the small things, that it just builds up and builds up over the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So when I when you were talking about calm and I was thinking about calm and you know this VAT thing and then I thought even if I'm late, it's not the end of the world. No. It's not the end of the world. I can put it in tomorrow. Maybe I have to pay a fine or something like that. But it's not the end of the world. What would happen if, like, say for example, I did die today, right? Say I died and then there was nobody to put that report in. Do you think the government would come after me and say, okay, you get out your grave because you have to pay this thing because you haven't put it in? It's like, no. Do you know what I mean? It's exactly. Like, <laughs> we we tend to get worried about things. Of course, we want to do things correctly and we want to get things in on time. Yeah. But not to the detriment of our health. Yeah, exactly. And in the past, I have done that. I have made myself sick with worry. Yeah. And now, to be honest, I, I was going to use a French word there. <laughs> I don't give a f, yeah. a fluffiness. <laughs> you know? I mean, I do, but do you know what I mean? It's like, I remember one time I was in New York at some kind of conference, and it was Louise Hay. You know, she's an amazing lady. Yeah, she is. And afterwards, I had, you know, I'd met some people there, and we, we went out somewhere. Oh, yeah, now I remember what it was. For some reason, my Icelandic credit card wouldn't work in New York. Oh. And sometimes it's like this. If you go to another country, your bank doesn't recognize it, you know, and so they, they put a, a block on it in case it's been stolen. Yeah. You know, which is a good thing. Yeah. But I had to phone them and it was the weekend and the Icelandic banks don't open at the weekend. You know, like in Britain, you, they, they have 24 hours, seven days a week. You can phone them, but not yeah. Iceland. No, no, they go on holiday at the weekend. You know? Yeah. And I had, I had no money. 
you know, I couldn't, I couldn't get money out the cash bank, or, and I was really, really, really stressed out. And this man, he said, Pauline, just relax, you know, do what Louise Hay was saying, you know, and we did this kind of meditation thing, and, yeah. and I calmed down. And then he says, now, now think about it. He says, is there any other way you can go about this? Can't remember now what I did, but I think I, I phoned somebody and, and they wired me money, or and this man loaned me money, and then I would get the money the next day through yeah. Western Union. Or anyway, it worked out fine. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But if that man hadn't said to me, "I think calm down, breathe, think about this, you know, relax, meditate," then I would have probably been a, just a pile of rubbish on the floor, just crying my eyes out. You know what I mean? Over something that. <laughs> wasn't necessarily a yeah, real yeah, yeah. problem. I yeah, mean, even if I, even if I hadn't eaten that night, it, you know, maybe my body would have done better with a little bit of fasting. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fasting is good. Yeah. Yeah. So we're coming near the end of our time. So are there any last words you would like to tell our readers and, you know, give them advice on how they should meditate, why they should meditate, yeah. when they should meditate, well, just... or, you know. Yeah, see if you can somehow just set an intention for yourself about meditation. And instead of having this feeling like I should meditate because I know I need to, be like, what is it I know I could gain from meditation? What's my desire? Because if you kind of open up to your heart's desire, like I know in my heart, I know I want to find more connection with my loved ones or whatever that spark is, the motivator. I know I want to be better to myself. I want to, I want to be kinder to myself. I want to love myself more. I want to, you know, for me, sometimes it's about, I want my material life to support my spiritual desire. So that means I need to, to actually get more organized or, you know, these things, what is your motivator? What's your desire? Because if you have the spark of desire, then you're going to be open to finding what it is that works for you. You know, whether it's you're going to find something online or you're going to just listen to music at home or you're going to find your way into a class or you're going to follow flow or you're going to, you know, what is it you, you're going to try headspace, you're going to do a workshop, you know, or you want to, you know, what is it that's going to be the thing that's going to turn you on? Because meditation is, it opens up a new world and it takes a little effort, but then it makes all this amazing quality of time and, and, and quality for you. So, so just kind of like, just find what it is you're looking for, know what you're seeking for yourself. Um, start maybe writing those things down because sometimes when you write down your intentions, they're more likely to come true. And then just look for the, be open to the ways that they show up because sometimes when you just put the intention out there, the desire, the opportunities, they just start to show up. The law of attraction. The law of attraction. Because actually, you know, what they say, Rumi, the great poet Rumi, he said, what you're seeking is seeking you. So as soon as you actually acknowledge that you're seeking something, it's like, it, boom, the, the good stuff, it starts to show up, the opportunities. Okay, so Tristan, if people want to get in contact with you, how would they be able to contact you? I think the best way to reach me is if you're on LinkedIn, find me, Tristan Elizabeth Gribben. I'm the only one there with that name. And you can also find me on Facebook at Tristan Gribben. Send me a message. Um, you can go to my website, flow.is, and send a message. Those three ways are really good ways to reach me. Okay. And do you have any videos on Facebook or something like that where people can see you doing the techniques or on your, on your website? Yeah. 
Yeah, we have. Uh, there's uh, there are two one minute meditations on our on our uh, website and on Facebook. There's even more. So yeah, check Excellent. it out. We will do that. Thank you. Well, thank you very much, Tristan. It's been amazing. It's been well worth waiting for you. <laughs> oh, good. I'm so glad. I'm so glad we could do this. Thank you, Pauline. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Thanks for coming. And we'll see you all on next week's episode. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Menopause Morph, your time to change. If you've enjoyed the program, be sure to subscribe to the next one and please leave a rating and review on iTunes to help us spread the message about thriving through the menopause. To get a free ebook, more menopausal resources, and to connect with Pauline, please visit www.menopausemorph.com.